Nothing great about the day here. It's wonderful weather for a Sunday afternoon. Swelling the crowd even further. And as mentioned, it's by no means one way here, the support. Benfica have a tremendous following. I think that surprises many of us who visit every year for the International Champions Cup, actually, just how well supported they are across the United States. Ser o Covid-19 só há uma tática. Lava as mãos com água e sabão ou desinfetante várias vezes ao dia. E lembra-te, no mínimo 20 segundos. Evita o contacto muito próximo com as pessoas. Evita tocar nos olhos, nariz, boca, com as mãos sujas ou não lavadas. Se tiver sintomas como a febre, tosse e dificuldade em respirar, liga para o SNS24. O número é bastante fácil. 808 24 24 24 e segue todas as orientações que te derem. Se tiveres com alguém que tenha sintomas, há três coisas que devem fazer. Disponibilizar uma máscara para que a pessoa possa utilizar. Isole essa pessoa num local com casa de banho própria, água, alimentos, lenços ou toalhetes de papel e dá-lhe um saco para a recolha dos lenços e um telemóvel para poder comunicar. Segue as orientações dadas pelo Serviço Nacional de Saúde 24 e aguarda tranquilamente. Hábitos de vida saudáveis, exercício e uma boa alimentação reduzem drasticamente os riscos de complicações. Se não tiver sintomas, não é necessário usar máscara. Aposta numa boa higiene e na etiqueta respiratória. Se tiver estado em contacto com um caso confirmado de Covid-19, evita estar em locais muito frequentados e fechados. Se te sentires doente, não vás ao trabalho e reporta a situação. A melhor defesa é respeitar os outros. Se todos o fizermos, todos ficamos mais protegidos. O pânico nunca ajuda. Mas uma atitude responsável informada, sim. Vamos fintar o Covid-19? What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to episode 55 of Mr. Benfica. And I wish I was coming to you uh, on better uh, on better times. Um, as you all know by now, football in Portugal and in the world, sport all over the world. Is um, has come to a stop. It's come to a complete halt all around the world. Um, not since World War II, really, has sport just gone away like this. Um, and of course, everyone knows um, about this this outbreak of the coronavirus, COVID nineteen. Uh, what you heard there at the top was a PSA put out by the Portuguese Football Federation from various national team uh, players and personnel of different the different national teams, including um, former Portugal legend Paulita was in there. You also heard Sporting Braga's women's captain Vanessa Marques. You heard our players Ruben Dias and Pizzi in there, as well as... Porto's Fabio Silva and Danilo. Heard former Benfica crack João Pinto in there, as well as sporting uh, sporting women's players Carol Costa and Ana Borges. Benfica's women's player Andrea Faria was in there, as was sporting's uh, men's players Luiz Neto and Maxi, the goalkeeper. And, of course, uh, the 200 million Euro uh, player, the player with the 200 million euro buyout clause as of next year when he joins Barcelona. That is, of course, Trincão, uh, the current Braga striker. So the the 
Federation gathering players of various uh, different national teams together there to read that that PSA, that public service announcement, um, informing the people of this coronavirus. I think that's important because uh, as this thing has continued to to unwind here or to unveil, uh, especially here in North America, I'm coming to you, as you know, from the Boston area and here in the state of Massachusetts where I live, our governor uh, just a day or two ago declared, um, he declared a, I guess, a quarantine, if you will, or a reduction of gatherings and no more than 25 people are allowed in any one gathering in the state of Massachusetts with the certain exceptions such as grocery stores, pharmacies, hospitals, um, essential businesses. I happen to have two jobs that I have been informed by both corporate uh, leadership in both corporations that we are essential businesses. So on a personal level, my work career or my work schedule has not really changed up until today when, um, well, as you know, I work for UPS, uh, the shipping company, and we have been as busy as we've ever been in the month of March as um, people are just going crazy shopping online right now with everybody home, everybody in quarantine, everybody in isolation, everybody practicing social distancing. They're ordering a lot of stuff online. And people, please, let, let's be reasonable here. People are ordering a lot of crap that they don't need. And it, it is absolutely just uh, been quite a grind for the last two weeks Um in the shipping industry, but my other job, uh, working for a company that's contracted by the state of Massachusetts to collect uh, toll fares electronically, um, we were told today, and magically, ninety laptop computers were delivered, and they were in the process of programming them. So people are going to start working at home. I, um, I finally. I'm gonna get a little bit of a, a little bit of a breather, a little bit of a mental rest here while this all gets set up. I've been told not to come back to work until Wednesday. Um, I I do work in leadership. I am one of four uh, in my position. I am one of four people who who hold uh, my position, and the four of us will be rotating for this foreseeable future until everyone is set up at home and then we also will likely be sent home to work because this thing is not going away uh that quickly and um i think it's going to be quite some time before we we see football again but back to my original point um a lot of people this is a really upsetting because a lot of people are very misinformed about this and this PSA from the Portuguese Federation advises people not to panic and it says you know if you know somebody who's suffering from symptoms it tells you what to do to call there's a line in Portugal the SMS 24s i think they said um you know to get medical attention it tells people to wash their hands. It's it's hard to believe that in 2020 we have to instruct people how to wash their hands, but it is, and it tells people, most importantly, not to use a mask if you are not contagious yourself. So many people you see walking around wearing these masks. These masks do not protect you from contracting the virus, from contracting. Um, 
the illness, uh, the masks help prevent you from passing it on. It's a one-way uh, protection. It is not an inbound protection. And I just see, even you know, at my jobs, people wearing masks um, to work to not contract the the virus, and that's just not how it works. So. Uh, very good for the Portuguese Football Federation to come out and to put that PSA out using um, national team players and athletes um, to spread the message. Um, also, we'll talk about later on today a former uh, Benfica manager um, who is rumored to be <laughs> perhaps the next Benfica manager once again. I'll give my feelings on that. We're not going to talk too much about football today. Um, very little to talk about in terms of tactics. Yes, it has been a while since I've been here. It's been a while since I put one of these out. Like I said, my schedule got crazy. Um, I spent hours, I want to say I spent hours uh, break watching several times the Shakhtar match watching several times the Morirense match, watching several times the Stubal match. But, you know, and Benfica have absolutely collapsed, you know. It's been a complete collapse as we've gone from up seven points to down one. But to be honest, I don't know if any of that matters right now. I'm going to be honest with you. And I know everybody's experience is different. And you're probably trying to listen to something else at this point because this is all anybody's talking about is this virus. But um, I wanted to, t you know, I took extra time to break down these matches because I wanted to find a reason for this collapse. I wanted to, to pinpoint where the collapse is happening. And I wanted to talk about, you know, the effort against Shakhtar, you know, that ultimately the team had the the round one, okay? They had it was we were up three to one. All we had to do was hold on for what a half an hour. This team is incapable of doing that. They're incapable of playing with the lead. But in the end, does it matter? I mean, I I have a hard time believing this Europa League is going to be concluded. I think we've seen. I'm going to be honest with you. I think we've seen the last football we're going to see. For this season, we may see the league's return. We may see uh, the Portuguese league conclude. I hope we see it. It's probably going to be in an empty stadium if we see it. Um, but you know, I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about Peasy missing two penalty kicks. You know, and how much this pressure is getting to this man. Okay, I actually pity Peasy in a way. I feel bad for him. Okay, and I was going to sit here and talk about how I think the problem with PZ is that PZ is an average player who for stretches of time, okay, sometimes one to two months at a time, eight weeks or so, he can play way above himself. PZ can raise his game level above his actual level, if, you, if that makes any sense. He can play above his level. He can overperform for stretches of time. And what's happened is it has caused all of us to raise the bar for him. And, and he's being asked to do too much, in my opinion. He, he, he's being asked to captain the team. He's being asked to lead on the pitch. He's being asked to, to play as the, the emotional leader, the... The, the engine, if you will, for this team, especially in Gabriel's absence. And not because they're the same kind of player, but because that kind of energy is lacking without Gabriel. And I think we're asking too much of him. The pressure is getting to him. And 
you know, I was I was angry with the player, and then when I see him crying his eyes out after that Morirens game, in his two missed penalties, I said to myself, you know, damn, we're we're crushing this guy. We're we are at, the pressure is crushing him, and it's not just him. The pressure is getting to everybody. My man Samadish was back in the team. Okay, he was back in there. I wanted to I know that points were dropped against Morirens, and I wanted to come on here and tell you how much um even though the result didn't go our way after watching that game three, four times, I watched that match. Everything except the finishing was there for that to be a route. I thought that was the lineup we had to proceed forward with. We get to the Stubal match, and for whatever reason, Bruno Lage abandons the double pivot. The double pivot is how this team needs to play with this selection of players to choose from. It may not be the right when the right selection may not be the right system of play when you have everybody at your disposal, but with the players that are available at this time, that's the right system of play. The double pivot to pro- to protect the defense, to protect the left side of the field. You can cheat a little bit to the left. We're getting absolutely torched down the left. Okay, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about Tomasz Tavarz. And how the the kid needs to be on the B team. It's not his fault. I'm not going to come on here and criticize a youth player for not playing up to the level of an Andre Almeida. I want to criticize the president. I want to criticize the board, the SAD, for putting us in a position where we're relying on an 18-year-old to cover for an injured Andre Almeida. Andre Almeida is supposed to be the backup in that position. He he's fine for the Portuguese league, but we need better than that at that position if we want to win this league, if we want to dominate this league and we want to go on and win a string of titles, we need better than Andrea Almeida at right back. He's fine to be there for a bit, but the alternative needs to be better than him. We ask him to play too much and then he gets injured. And then we got to put an 18-year-old kid whose first six starts of his senior career were in the Champions League because we use the Champions League as a shop window rather than as a chance to prove something, a chance to raise the profile of the club. I wanted to come on here for the last three weeks and let this out. But honestly, the world has changed in the last three weeks, at least here in North America. I know in Europe you guys uh, have been dealing with it longer than we have, but the world has absolutely changed. First, we were going to play against Tondela in an empty Stadio de Luz. I watched, you know, I watched Juventus and Inter play in an empty stadium. That was quite a surreal um, and depressing uh sight to see I watched those Champions League games in empty stadiums it it was depressing but then the players syndicate um, which I guess is the players association for lack of a better term um, requested that the matches be called off 
the players don't feel safe playing. And Liga Nash finally made, I think, the right decision, and they they s- suspended the season. What do we do now? I'll talk about that a little bit in the next segment. Okay, I will talk about that in the next segment. Pedrinho has signed for twenty million from Corinthians. All right, um, that we'll see. Um, hopefully, he is he is an attacking player, very much a winger. Um, we'll see where he fits in when the time comes. The next time we see Benfica take the pitch, it may be next season, and he may be here. We don't know. All right, um, I have some thoughts on what I think the league should do going forward. I have some thoughts on what I think they will do, um, and what they will do and what they should do may not be the same thing. We'll 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 touch on that in the next segment, and of course we're going to talk about George Zouch, um in the final segment a little bit later. So we're going to take a quick little break right now. All right, we're going to pay a bill, but um, even in these tough times, I do appreciate the clicks, and um, we're going to pay a bill. We're going to listen to Reconquista, and um, that song takes on a new meaning right now in more ways than one, both in a sporting way and just in a a, a humanistic way. Um, it's time, you know, people got to band together, and we got to retake this thing, and we got to get this, this we got to get everything in order. We got we to gotta fulfill our personal responsibilities to each other and to public safety, and um, as someone who is still going out there and working every day, um, you know, if you don't have to be out there, don't be out there. All right. Uh, again, the most dangerous thing, I think, is that so many people, I think now they're saying as many as 40 percent of the carriers of this virus show no symptoms at all. So they're going out into public. They're visiting their parents, their grandparents, and they're they're infecting someone who is susceptible to it, someone whose immune system is not so so strong and not so able to fight this virus. And people are dying because, you know, they are not um they're just not healthy enough to fight this. And all right, we're gonna take a quick break now. And um, on the other side of a reconquista, um, we will get into the main portion of the show. And don't forget, of course, to check out the new MrBenfica.com. I haven't really gotten anything up there, but with some time off now, hoping to do that in the next couple days. And to follow on Twitter at Benfica Mister, on Instagram at Mister Benfica, and on Facebook www w.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica. I will be right back. Passo a passo, o caminho é duro. Temos muita história, mas ainda mais futuro. Conto com dificuldade em cada jornada sofrida. A glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida. Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós Até que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz Querer de 
minha em cada esquina um vizinho Sinto o carinho do Algarve até ao Minho O vermelho pinta a tuga e é isso o teu colinho Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Vocês que salvam vidas Vocês que estão na linha da frente Vocês são os heróis Muito obrigado Um forte abraço expressar o meu profundo agradecimento a todos os nossos profissionais de saúde, desde médicos, auxiliares, enfermeiros, bombeiros, à nossa segurança pública por todo o esforço e dedicação que mais uma vez mostro numa hora tão difícil para o país e que na maioria das vezes prescinda das vossas famílias para ajudar as nossas. Muita força e um grande, grande obrigado. Os heróis não somos nós, os heróis são vocês. And that was the voices of Bruno Lage and Rui Costa um, taking part in the FPF, the Portuguese Federation's a campaign recognizing Portugal's healthcare workers, their paramedics and their firefighters, especially those on the front lines, as Bruno Lage put it, um, who are sacrificing their time with their families so that everyone else can have that time with families and can be kept safe Um os heróis são vocês, não são nós. That's the name of the campaign. The heroes are you. It is not us. And that is athletes and coaches reminding everyone who the real heroes are. And um, a very nice gesture by by um, the Federation. Um, and uh, we're going to get into uh, where do we go from here, okay? Um, we don't know when we're going to get football again. All right. Uh, yes, Benfica have collapsed, and um, while some could say that this was was a good thing for Benfica that everything came to a halt because we were free falling, perhaps that's the case. I don't know. The players have been given home workouts to do. Um, they're checking in with the staff periodically. They're they're in quarantine, and I believe as of yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the stay in place as we call it here in the United States mandate has had been issued the president if i'm not misspeaking the president of portugal president marcelo had declared a estado de emergência a state of emergency and essentially has enacted a the same kind of lockdown we've seen in italy um earlier you know in the month um and it i if I'm not mistaken, I believe people are homebound now in Portugal, with the exception, of course, of healthcare workers. Um, I think grocery stores and banks and pharmacies are really the only things open now. Um, but where does football go from here? Uh, two things, okay? So the big news coming out yesterday was, sorry, Tuesday morning, I think, was the meeting yeah it was this past tuesday uh uefa met 
they had a video conference with all 55 federations and they announced that Euro 2020 was being moved to 2021. Comnibol in South America quickly made an announcement that they too were going to move Copa America from this summer 2020 to 2021. And um, so there is no international football this summer, essentially. Okay. The international date for this month has been canceled, and there is no international tournaments coming up, with the exception of the Olympics. I don't really consider the Olympics top-level football. I know other people disagree, but um, it's an under-23 tournament where most teams don't send their best possible team. So I'm not even considering the Olympics. The IOC, the International Olympic Committee, has stated that they don't see a reason to move the Olympics. I think they're either blind or insane to think that they don't see a reason. I don't see how these Olympics are going to go on. Um, a lot of the sports, you know, the qualifying and the trials would be going on right now, and they're not. Um, I don't see how in July the whole world is going to be traveling freely to Japan for the Tokyo Olympics. We'll see what happens there. But Olympics aside, there is no football this summer, um, international football. Uh, so what? UEFA has done, and this is, I think, foolish on UEFA's part, because they have set a hard deadline of June 30th. They want all federations completing club football by June 30th. They're talking about a single elimination uh, tournament, a single elimination quarterfinals, uh, semis, and finals for the UEFA Champions League, but they're not even complete in the round of 16 yet, Okay. Neither and the Europa League also has only played some of the ties have played one leg in the in the uh, round of 16. Others have not even kicked off the round of 16. I don't see how UEFA is going to get this. They're talking about doing an 18 tournament within one week. They still got to get these two tournaments down to eight teams apiece. I don't know how that's going to happen. And personally, um, in regards to the Portuguese league specifically, but in all leagues, what I what I do not support, and I don't think anyone should support, is the crowning of a champion without completing the league, okay? This is not like in the NBA here in North America where there's an imbalanced schedule and teams don't play each they don't play all the teams the same amount of times, okay? That's why there's playoffs in North America in everything, is because you play teams different amount of times you play teams in your division or your section a certain amount of times you play teams in your conference a different amount of times and teams in the opposite conference even less frequently that's why the nba in particular has playoffs to crown a champion i don't want to see playoffs to crown a champion in portugal in italy in england anywhere okay because that's going to erase the prior 25 weeks anyways Okay. Um, can you imagine Liverpool being ahead by this giant margin and the Premier League decides since there's not enough time to complete the league that the top four teams are going to play a playoff of the top eight teams and then on the night Liverpool get knocked out say in penalties in a quarterfinal or a semifinal to, to a Tottenham or a Chelsea or a Man United. That's ridiculous. Okay. I'm... I'm going to go on the record. I do not like playoffs in football. This is a big bone of contention for me with Major League Soccer. Less so with Liga Emekis in Mexico because they only play each other once. Okay, um, 
so the playoffs make a little bit more sense at that point because it's it's such a short season. It's a 17-game season, and they take the top eight, and they play a two-legged playoff straight through every round, two-legged. A little bit different. Okay, Major League Soccer, I'm completely opposed to the way they do it. They have 32 teams, okay? Some teams don't even play each other during the season. Um, and then, you know, the team that happens to catch form – in October and November ends up winning the and being champion for the whole season when you have a record-setting season from a team like LAFC last year that sets a record number of points and they get knocked out, you know, on away goals or something ridiculous like that in a semifinal. I don't want to see that in Leonage. I don't want to see that in Serie A. I don't want to see that in La Liga or in the Premier League. And sticking with... Um, Liga Nash specifically because this is Mr. Benfica. Um, there ha- there are two teams that realistically have a chance to win a championship. Benfica and Porto. They've already played each other twice. Okay, That doesn't mean that Porto are the champions because they won the two matches. Because the champion is the team with the most points after everyone has played everyone twice. Until everyone can play everyone twice, you cannot crown a champion in my opinion. That, and I think, now, that said, if you want to award places in next year's European competitions, Champions League, um, Europa League, and you want to award those places via a playoff, I can live with that. But you cannot give the trophy and etch into history the championship if the season is not completed. If there are not 34 rounds, then there is no champion, in my opinion. And I do not support the idea of Benfica being crowned champion because at the end of the the first half of the season, when everyone played everyone once and everyone played each other the same amount of times, Benfica was in first place. I also don't... I also don't agree with that, nor do do I think that would ever happen because I think there would be riots from our rivals and um, they'd be showing up in stakes and pitchforks and torches ready to um, prevent that. No, I think honestly, and this is this is heartbreaking to say and this is cruel to say, but the fairest the fairest outcome, in my opinion, is unless we can from. <laughs> what are they saying now? April thirtieth or May? F- they have from May fifth to June thirtieth to play the ten remaining rounds. There may be just enough time there to play Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. Every you know through the rest of those ten weeks, and in ten week or in five weeks, excuse me, play ten rounds, depending when. Um, because they're going to need a little bit of a preseason at this point with this long layoff. They can't. The teams can't reconvene May 1st and play May 5th. So they're going to need a week or two to reconvene. I've seen different things thrown out there. And I've seen different things uh, proposed. The most realistic of them for me is the teams getting back on May the 1st or something like that. That first week in May. And kicking off two weeks later. Leaving, I think, Seven weeks, six or seven weeks to play these ten matches. I think that's the most plausible. And if that happens, I believe that happens in closed stadiums because you can't just um, go from quarantine to no rules at all. I think it'll be chaos. And I think that the the virus is going to linger. So 
Um, once you get the players, um, once you've ruled out the players getting the virus and you keep them isolated, perhaps you can put on a closed door, um, a closed door championship to finish out the season. That's the best case scenario. In my opinion, if you can't do that, then I don't think you can complete the season. Now, in regards to the Champions League spots, there are two. Okay, there is one in the Champions League proper in the group stage, another that goes to the playoff. Benfica will get one, Porto will get the other. I think the simplest thing to do is if you don't play any if you don't play any more games, you play the cup final because that those two games, you know, those two teams have already qualified. And for this year, the team that wins the Portuguese Cup gets the top spot. They go straight to the Champions League group phase. The team that loses the Portuguese Cup goes to the playoff round. I think that's something that's feasible and fair. Okay? Neither team is crowned champion. You have a cup winner, but you don't have a champion. Okay? In regards to the Europa League, I say Braga goes to the group phase and not because I'm anti-sporting, but because Braga won the League Cup. Okay, they have a concrete title. So I would make that I w- I guess it wasn't in play at the time the way it would be in a, in the Portuguese Cup final, you know, if they went in understanding that that they were also playing for that. But you either do that I don't uh, you can't take the current standings in my opinion. So you either Put Braga in that place because they won the League Cup, or you have, well, you have like four teams there for those three spots. You have you have Braga, Sporting, um, Famalicão, and Rio Ave, I believe, and perhaps even Bra- uh, Guimarães also still close together. So you maybe you do some kind of playoff with five of those teams, or with four of them, you draw lots. And you play a semi and a final, in a, and you see which teams get which places in Europe. And in regards to relegation, it, you have to, you would have to do some kind of playoff, or you decide that nobody gets relegated this year. You promote two teams through a, you know, you promote two teams through whichever means you want. Again, I don't think you can crown a champion in the second division, but you can certainly promote a team or two teams, or you have a playoff with the top two and the bottom two, and two teams go to the first division, two teams go to the second. You can do that, um, but again, you cannot crown champions, in my opinion, without playing the complete season. But the best the best um, idea, the best the best proposal I've seen came from Paulo Futre, the former Portugal uh, star. He played with, with Porto Sporting and Benfica in his career, but known mostly for his time at Atletico Madrid. He tweeted a proposal, his his idea. He, he tweeted, I'm going to read it. It's in Spanish, so I'll read it, and then I will translate it. But these are the words of Paulo Futre, and it says, Idea para la UEFA y las diferentes ligas. An idea for UEFA in the different leagues. And he says, here's his idea. Retomar en septiembre los partidos pendientes de cada liga y competiciones europeas proclamando los campeones, campeones en Navidad. What that paragraph means is restart the championship this season in September. 
play all of the pending matches or all the postponed matches in each league and every including the European competitions in his proposal um and crown your champion for 2019-2020 at Christmas at the at that part of the year okay and then he goes on to say de an, de enero a junio de 2021 jugar una liga excepcional a una sola vuelta como si fuese un torneo clausura intercalada con una copa del rey a partido único semis incluidas that paragraph says from january to june of 2021 you play a league and a one time um, exceptional league of only one round like it was a clausura tournament in south america or in mexico Okay, and intermingled with a cup, a domestic cup, one round only, uh, one leg only, excuse me, semifinals included. He goes on to say, Las competiciones europeas se jugarían como antaño sin fase de grupos, grupos desde avos o octavos, tal vez a partido único también. Okay, so he's saying the European competitions play like they did yesteryear, like they did in in other eras, without any group phase, um, starting with the round of 32 or the round of 16, and probably in just one leg. Um... And then he said, Esa Champions, excepcional, solo la jugarían los campeones de cada liga y la Europa League los segundos de cada país. En la siguiente temporada retomaríamos la normalidad. La normalidad. Okay, so what he's saying is that Champions is is just one, will be exceptional starting after Christmas. Another Champions and another Europa League. The Champions League with just the Champions. The Europa League with just the second places of the championships you're concluding in Christmas. All right. To crown the and get the calendar back in order. And then he says the following season we return to the normal thing way we've been doing things this is the best proposal that i have seen uh put out there now in terms of verdad esportiva as we say in portuguese you know sporting truth and justice and fairness competitive fairness that to me is the best proposal i have seen you finish what you started okay you don't rush it you finish it next fall and then everyone understands that from January to June, you play a one-round championship. Everybody plays each other once. You crown a champion in an abbreviated championship that everybody understands is abbreviated from the beginning. And you run an old-school Champions League, you know, an old-school European Champions Cup and an old-school UEFA Cup. And um, one that would be cool for nostalgia it will give a different it will give smaller teams a chance to win the champions for once smaller countries different countries i think that would be fantastic 
Um, and you that way you get basically two seasons played in one. I think Paulo Futre makes the best the best proposal that I have seen. I don't think UEFA is going to take that proposal uh, or the leagues because money talks. And they're gonna want to. They're not gonna give up their group phases. Um, unfortunately, I think I'm afraid that these leagues are gonna create some asinine playoff system. Um, but I think the fairness, in the name of fairness and verdade esportiva, I don't believe you can crown champions without playing the entire championship or stating at the beginning the conditions for this one special season to catch the calendar back up. And remember, you've got to be careful how many matches you cram in next year because now you've got Euro 2021, not Euro 2020 anymore. Euro 2021, will it still be a pan-European championship? UEFA's planning on it. Let me tell you, they could not have picked a worse idea for this year for the way that things worked out had this this euro 2020 perhaps been organized in one country probably still wouldn't have gotten it off but it would it may have been possible you know to move it to august or something but you have no idea what the travel restrictions are going to be across europe anytime soon so um hopefully um, this thing, we won't have any more delays and this Euro can go off in 2021 and um, UEFA's really lucky here that <laughs> really lucky that FIFA <laughs> awarded the World Cup to Qatar for 2022 only for the reason that it's going to be played in the winter which will allow UEFA to move the 2021 Nations League to the summer of 2022. It can serve as a little bit of a war, World Cup warm-up, and it buys UEFA, Comnibol, CONCACAF, uh, AFC, uh, CAF, everybody, Oceania, a chance to... It gives them some extra time to run some extra World Cup qualifying. They'll have a couple extra international dates to throw them in there. But... um. It'll be interesting to see where this goes. All right, we're going to take a quick little break again. Um, and on the other side, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, the manager that's been much talked about and press on two continents are hinting towards a possible reunion of George Zuzuj and Benfica. As you know, I've followed George Zuzuj pretty closely since he's arrived in Brazil. I follow media um in both places, and I'll let you know what I think right after this. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu, and you can follow me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. on Instagram at Mr. Benfica, on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica, and at Mr. Benfica.com. I'll be right back. Portugal, é verdade que o meu teste deu positivo, 
também é verdade que eu sinto normal, hoje sinto exatamente como sentia há um mês, há um ano, há dois anos atrás, três, quatro, sinto uma pessoa completamente normal, não vejo sintomas nenhums, mas é verdade que, que tive o teste positivo, vou ficar de quarentena, quero agradecer o carinho a todos os meus amigos, aos fãs, aos meus seguidores e à nação flamenguista por terem partilhado comigo esta minha situação que eu penso que mais semana, menos semana, se Deus quiser, ela vai, vai acabar por, por voltar à normalidade. Um grande beijo para vocês todos e eu estou muito confiante. Um beijo. And welcome back to the final segment here for episode 55, a much different Mr. Benfica in this episode, but there's plenty more to come. And uh, what you heard there was a video that was posted on social media this past week by former Benfica manager George Zuzuj, okay? And I will translate that for you. Now I have it transcribed here. He said, hello, good afternoon here in Brazil and good evening to everyone in Portugal. It is true that my test came back positive. It's also true that I feel normal. Today I feel exactly as I did yesterday. Last week, last month, last year, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. I feel exactly the same. I feel usual and normal. I'm not experiencing any symptoms, but it is true that I tested positive and I will remain in quarantine and will be cared for by the Flamingo medical staff. I want to thank all of my friends, fans, and the Flamingista nation and... I'm very confident everything will be okay, to paraphrase the end of it. Um, Georges Zouge announcing earlier this week that he had tested positive for coronavirus. Um, the good news is we found out, yes, and this is just how quick everything changes and how quick a news um, is is coming out and things are developing. Didn't even ha- it's a good thing. Had I done this 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 podcast two days ago, I'd be talking about Georges Zouj um, contracting coronavirus. And what we now know, since that video was announced, is that it ha- he had been retested, and it was in fact a false positive. Uh, Georges Zouj um, had a false positive. He did not have coronavirus, and that's probably why he felt completely fine. Um, Originally, they had announced it as a weak positive um, or an inconclusive test. So he was treated as if it was a positive for precautionary reasons and that he was going to remain in quarantine. But um, upon further tests, Georges Zouge tests negative, And that is good news for everyone. Now let's talk about Georges Zouge and Benfica. As most of you know, I've been following Georges Zouge's career um, or George Jesus' time in Brazil uh, pretty closely. I have tried <laughs> to podcast about it. Um, I got a whopping two episodes out there. Uh, got another one coming very soon that I have written and been prepared to record. Um, but of course, this stoppage in football now also in Brazil um, brings everything to a halt. But um, 
George Zouj has been managing Flamengo since last June. You'll remember, of course, he won the Brasileirão last year and he won the Copa Libertadores. Okay, he also this year won the the Supercopa Sudamericana, and he has won the Taça Guanabara, um, which is part of the Rio Championship, the Rio State Championship um, in Brazil. So he continues to win. He has five titles in Brazil now. He's won five trophies, and he's only got four losses. He's lost four matches as manager of Flamengo. Now, of course, because things have turned south for Benfica, Bruno Lage is on the hot seat. There's no denying it. Um, the manager is, you know, there's a lot of people calling for his dismissal. There is a lot of people calling for the return of Georges Zouge. Um, the president has hinted in the past that the, that was a possibility. Before Georges Zouge went to Brazil, um, myself included, I thought he was on his way back to Benfica. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. When Rui Vitória was sacked, my first inclination and um, my feeling was that Georges Zouz was coming back. He was being courted by Luis Fiera. You could see it. And things were going the way they were going. Kind of how they're going now. And uh, you could kind of see how he would have been forgiven and welcomed back by at least a good portion of Benfica Nation. I know some of you are not over it. I Trust me, I took it very badly when he went to Sporting. But the way things have played out since then, it my eyes have been opened and I see that he was pushed out. He was pushed out. And that's exactly why I do not believe he's going to be the next Benfica manager. Okay. Reports in Brazil... Okay, in Flamenguistas in Brazil and sources that I listen to, okay, Globo Esporte, um, Fox Sports Brazil, ESPN even in Brazil, okay, uh, there's, there's writers and journalists there who believe and some are stating he already has a deal with Benfica. I don't believe that. I believe Jorge Jesus is going to re-sign with Flamengo. Okay. Uh, some of the sources I trust most because they've been correct up until now, given on track records, um, believe that the difference between Jorge Jesus re-signing with Flamengo right now is, well, there's a difference in money, Okay. The price that he's asking for is not something Flamengo's ready to pay. However, if Flamengo cannot afford Jorge Jesus, Benfica cannot either. If you think that Benfica, Benfica have made plenty of money, but the Benfica are still saddled with a lot of debt. Okay, Benfica are buying players for $20 million at a time here. Weigel, $20 million. Pedrinho, $20 million. Okay? They're not about to go break the bank for a manager, in my opinion, especially one who's not going to play the academy players. Let's face it. For better or worse, as long as Luis Felipe is president, I don't see Jorge Jesus returning to Benfica. They can be best of friends. That's irrelevant because I don't think they're compatible with the, the ideas of what each has in as a vision for this club.
Jorge Jesus wants made players. Luis Felipe Vieira wants to make players. Luis Felipe Vieira wants to sell players. He does not want to spend too much money on transfers. Okay? I don't see a compatibility there. I could be wrong. Perhaps they can work it out and you know meet each other halfway. I don't see it. I think George Zuz is going to re-sign with Flamengo. I'm I'm pretty dialed into Flamengo. I follow them pretty closely. Not a day goes by where I don't read an article about Flamengo the way that I do about Benfica. I'm following both teams very closely and I do not see him leaving Flamengo. He wants to repeat George Jesus, that is. He wants to repeat in the Brasileiro. He wants to win the Copa Libertadores again. And I think he wants another chance at the Club World Cup. He realizes now how important the Club World Cup is in South America. I think he kind of underestimated that importance last year. Came very, very close, though, to, to beat it. He took Liverpool to the, to the limit, being beaten in extra time. But I don't see him coming to Benfica right now, at least. I think he's going to finish uh, this season, assuming this season ever starts again, at Flamengo. Okay? He's signed until June. He has a contract until May 31st, I believe. Okay? Basically, that's when the Brasileiro starts. Okay? I believe he's going to, at the very least, resign sign a contract extension until the end of December, until the end of the calendar year. I think that Bruno Lage is a project manager. Okay, Bruno Lage was brought in not when they decided to re-sign him or to sign him permanently, I should say. Um, the idea was that he was going to manage Benfica for quite some time and I we seen Luis Felipe to stick with JJ. He stuck with George Azuz through times worse than what we're going through right now. Everyone seems to forget that. Okay? He stuck with with George Azuz losing the championship at the very last hurdle. Okay, he stuck with George Azuz when he had a public argument, an embarrassing public argument on the pitch with Oscar Cardoso after Embarrassingly losing the Tasset Portugal final. Okay. If this season ever kicks off again, if it ever restarts, and Befica do not win the title, and Befica lose to Porto in the cup final, I think I think despite the pressure, I think LFV sticks with with Bruno Lage if Bruno Lage decides he wants to stay. Um, although elections, I believe, are coming up. And perhaps that that's the only scenario where I see Luis Felipe Vieira swallowing his pride, changing his mind, bringing Jorge Jesus back to save his re-election campaign. But, you know, um, the pressure definitely has gotten onto this team. And if the league resumes and it's in empty stadiums, I think that's going to play into Benfica's favor. I think it's going to relieve some of the pressure, alleviate it. Um, Bruno Lage is going to get some time with these players again. Gabriel may get healthy again. He may return to this team. This team's record with Gabriel versus without Gabriel, night and day. 
So I wouldn't count Benfica out yet, okay? Perhaps I'm being optimistic, but I wouldn't count them out yet. I wouldn't count Bruno Lage out yet. He didn't forget how to manage. What he's dealing with for the first time is the immense pressure that it is to manage Benfica. Okay? He's gone from being a youth team coach to an assistant in the Middle East to an assistant at a low-level team in England to a B-team manager where his, his goal and his objective was to prepare players to get to the first team, to be promoted to the first team manager, first on an interim basis, and then, you know, basically going on the run of, of a lifetime and getting the job, and he's still adjusting. Yeah, some people don't say that's good enough, and, um, you know, some of the other pods out there, some of the other commentators will say that, you know, you're going to manage this team. you got to get with it quickly. Fair enough. But I think that... Um, if this season kicks off again, um, Bruno Lage is going to get, he's going to be there till the end of this campaign. If this campaign doesn't restart, if this season's null and void, he starts fresh next year. Yeah, with a lot of pressure, but he starts fresh again. Porto are in financial trouble. I fully expect them to have a weaker team on the pitch next year. I expect if he can have a stronger team on the pitch next year. This stoppage, and I'm not going to say this is luck. This is a horrible, um, you know, circumstance that's going on in the world right now. But from a football sense, this could have been, this may have been the luckiest break that Bruno Lage has had so far. Because if this league does not restart, if situations don't improve, or if when this league restarts, the team, you know, feels the pressure alleviated, if the time away was what these players needed, and I think this is what they needed. The pressure was getting to them. They were just, it was just everywhere they turned. Right now, they're with their families. They're happy. They're forgetting. Ferru is forgetting. He's forgotten how poorly he's been playing. We may get the Fehu of last season when he comes back. Simply because he's had this time to one, recover his physical injury, two, recover his mental strength and his psychological strength. The game is not just physical. Brulage has had a chance to regain his mental and emotional and psychological strength. He's been able to regroup his thoughts, refocus himself. He's had some time away we all benefit from time away every once in a while. If this league restarts, yes, our rivals also have the same thing, but we have a better squad than they do. Porto at this point have everything to lose. When this thing restarts, the pressure's all on them. It's not on us anymore. The blown lead is its going to be two months in the past by the time we play again. It's going to be up to them to hold on. They still have to go to they still have to play Sporting. They still have to go to Braga. Okay, we have to go to Khiwav. We have to go to Famalicão. As do they. Okay, both teams are still going to Famalicão. Anything can still happen. And and 
it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility or even be abnormal if Benfica run off another 10 victories straight. Porto slip up, Benfica are the champions. If Futre's idea comes to fruition, it's anybody's ballgame if we start this thing back up in the fall. So, just something to think about. I don't, you know, moral of the story, I don't see Georges Zouz returning right now. If he returns, it's going to be after this season. It's going to be after December 31st. That's my gut feeling, and that's what I'm hearing from from people closer to the situation than myself and from trusted um, sources. Not sources because I don't talk to them personally, but from trusted um, commentary in the Brazilian press. All right, so a little programming note before we call it an episode, before episode 55 is a wrap. Um, with no games to play, I'm going to st- still bring you a podcast, all right, especially now that I'm going to have a couple days where I don't have to work so much. Um, early, earlier this week, Benfica FM did an awesome episode. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. They reviewed... The 1993-94 Benfica Sporting, or Sporting Benfica, I should say, Sporting 3, Benfica 6, a match that I have almost memorized in my mind. And they actually pretended it was 1994 and made some funny uh, some funny jokes about uh, the years that were to come following this game. And uh, I recommend it to everybody. Um, my original thought was actually to review that game in this ep- in the next episode, but that's been done. I'm gonna do something a little bit different. All right, um, given that they've already hit that, I'll I'll put that aside for now. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna watch a there's a review on YouTube, a video review, a film. It's called of the 1982-83 season where Befica were champions. Befica went to the UEFA Cup final. Sven Joran Eriksson arrived at the Stadio de Luz. There's a two-hour movie or film on YouTube. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to post the link, okay, in the show notes for that episode. I'm also going to tweet out the link for anyone that wants to watch it. And I will review Benfica's season, 1982-83. All right. The, um, and I'll... We'll see where that goes, all right? I have not watched the film. I've watched it before. I don't remember enough of it at this point. I've seen bits and pieces. I don't think I've ever seen it straight through from beginning to end. I'm going to do that um, this weekend, and probably Monday I'm going to record episode 56. It will be a review of that. I also still have recorded the Befica, uh Youth League match, UEFA Youth League, 4-1 victory over Liverpool. I had an idea to do that one. I was going to review that, but now that competition, I believe, is going to be canceled, unfortunately. But um, perhaps I'll still do that. Not sure yet. And I also... Got to get an episode in um, covering the women's, or I planned an episode covering the group stage of the Women's League Cup. I think I've qualified for the final. If women's football resumes, they'll be in the League Cup final um, against, I believe, against Sporting Braga, who beat Sporting in the final group stage game at Alkshit. Um Perhaps I'll do that. If I'll keep those games recorded, and if 
there is um, if the competition resumes and if there is a final, then I'll review the group stage before the final, and obviously re- I'll review the final when that happens. All right, but that is going to do it here for episode 55. I want to thank all of you for sticking with me through this very long episode. Um, Hope everybody is staying safe. Hope everyone is healthy. If you are in a part of the world where you are, you know, confined to your home, I hope this has, uh, I hope this has helped you pass the time. Um, Everybody's got to do their part, of course. Um, take care of yourselves. Take care of your loved ones. Stay home whenever possible. Okay? And uh, we will overcome this. And we will get our football back. It's going to take a little while. But we will get our football and our sport back. And um, until next time, I'm going to be signing off. This is the Mr. Mike Agustinu. This has been episode 55 of Mr. Benfica. I'll see you next time. And... Um, don't forget to check out the social media, of course. Twitter, at Benfica Mister. On Instagram, at Mr. Benfica. Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica. And at Mr. Benfica.com. Uh, perhaps I can get uh, some written content up there for you. Maybe I can write a blog post in the next couple days with some of this time I have. Um, also going to spend some time with my son, obviously, my four-year-old. Uh, check out my Instagram story um, if you saw it on Mr. Uh, Benfica. Some of you may have seen my Instagram story. Uh, playing ball in the house with my boy. Had a great time. I'm looking forward to having some time with him also the next couple days. So thank you again and uh, we'll see you next time on Mr. Benfica. Have a great week. Have a good weekend everybody.
pensás que a la mañana todo estará mejor Pero la vida te trata como el culo Sabes que no hay futuro, solo hay tiempo que perder Habrá que ir juntando pedacitos, armando despacito Un sueño para soñar la primavera 